0: Good morning. Welcome, everyone. Wake now. We had our VBS song. Kids, did you enjoy that? Remember that from VBS? Hopefully, that was good. What a great worship time we had this morning, man! Tell you what, it was uh, powerful, powerful songs, aren't they? We serve a good God, Amen. a very good God. And as we were singing that, um, uh, that King of My Heart, I think is what that song is called. You will never let me down. That line. I don't know about you guys, but there's been times in my life where I can say that, but it doesn't line up with what I feel. Right? Like there's this, this head idea of, of God's good, that he loves us, that he cares for us, he has plans for us, but then we're living out this life and stuff just happens, and you're like, what is going on? God, God, are you there? Are you seeing what's happening? Yeah, my father passing away, and then I have this dirt bike accident and break three ribs. I'm like, God, I know you're never going to let me down, but wow, this is hard stuff. You know, there are difficult things we're going to face in life. There are hard things we're going to face in life. But one of the truths that we have from God's Word and one of the truths we have from all of human history is that the God who created us created us to love us and be in relationship with us. It's not the absence of suffering that Christianity promises. It's the presence of a loving God in our sufferings that Christianity promises. So as we we go through... This pandemic, I don't know if you realize or not, we're in a pandemic. And all of this, this um, difficult stuff we're dealing with, this uncomfortable things we're dealing with, masks and social distancing, and, and as a pastor, your pastor, and us being a church, you know, you are called a congregation, which means we congregate. And COVID has made it nearly impossible for us to congregate as a congregation which makes it really hard to do church, to be God's people in relationship with one another. But we are going to push on. And today what we're going to be talking about is I, I want to share with you a little bit of the conversations that the and prayers that the elders have been sharing over the last three or four months. Um, we have really... Uh, just prayed and asked the Lord to give us wisdom and a direction moving forward. So I want to share that with you a little bit. One thing we do know, though, before we jump into that, is that the vision, the mission, and the purpose of Mission View Church has not changed. That our vision to reach 200,000 people with the love of God and the gospel or good news of Jesus Christ is still the vision that God has for us. We want to reach people in Stark County and surrounding counties, in Ohio and surrounding states, and we want to go throughout all the earth, in Guatemala and Tajikistan and and all these other places where we're partnering with missionaries and missions all over the world and share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ. That vision is not going away. We are not setting that down. The way we do these things may look slightly different in this time, though. What are we doing right now? I know as, as I was thinking about this, and we're thinking about this this big vision, I don't know about you, but during COVID, it's like just locked down, right? Hunker down. We're going to, you know, stay home and lock our doors and everything else, but, but we have to get out, right? We have to mow our grass. We have to weed the garden, right? We have to, to go around the house, and here's what I've noticed, is my neighbors are looking for connection, it's, it's wild. Like I'll be out um, going for a jog and coming back in and my neighbor will be out walking his dog and we'll stop and, and I'll ask a question and we'll get into a conversation which, you know, wouldn't happen quite as much as it's happening now. What are we doing? How are we living out the vision that God has given us to, to share the good news of Jesus? We have a rare opportunity right now to talk to our neighbors and and build on those relationships that God's given us. Then we talk about mission. The mission that God's given us isn't going away either. Since Jesus left this earth and was called up into heaven, that amazing ascension, he said, Go, therefore, and make disciples. And that is our mission, simply said, is to make disciples. We're not just talking to our neighbors, sharing the good news for nothing. We're sharing the good news that lives would be changed. That's what a disciple is. That's somebody whose life has been changed by the power of God through the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're here on this planet. That is your purpose, church. To love God, love others. Purpose. Love God and love others. So our vision And our mission and our purpose stand firm. And we are going to pursue those things with everything that we are. And my prayer is this, that God would use us up. He would use me up for his glory, his kingdom. That this world would be changed. Because that's what God's all about. He's a world-changing God. All right. Here's what we're going to get into just Before we jump into our scripture, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 5. But before we jump into the text that's going to be in verses 38 through 42, I want to share with you kind of what we've been talking through. In this pandemic, we've seen masks, social distancing, isolation, quarantining, limited travel, toilet paper shortages of all things, economic instability, trusted sources— Disagreeing with one another, we don't. We have this plethora of information. We don't know what we can believe. We we live in a time where there's no shortage of information. We have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and the amazing, life-changing Google search, right? Which you're not supposed to do. For you're the doctor, just just to let you know. The doctor always tells me never look it up on Google. Just trust your doctor, right? The very fabric of our society, our social norms, church attendance are being uprooted. We were created by God to live out our lives in community with one another. All throughout Scripture we see it. A chosen people throughout the Old Testament. The one another commands throughout the New Testament. Fear has forced us into isolation from friends and family. It is a difficult time to say the least. It's in these times, times of uncertainty, fear and division that the church has a unique opportunity to shine the brightest you see the struggles and difficulty this pandemic brings on with fear hopelessness uncertainty frustration and division are healed and answered in the person of Jesus Christ the fear and and uncertainty that, that we are feeling the world is feeling that too but here's the deal they don't have the person of Jesus, Jesus Christ. They don't have the Holy Spirit God living in them, comforting them, centering them on his word, where we know, like the songs that we sang, God will never let us down, that he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, that he's created all things and that he sustains all things, that he knows all things, that he stands outside of time looking down and he's not surprised by any of it he's got a plan in all of the mess when we see things completely out of control when we see things and it's just complete chaos God sees everything and knows everything the details the, the the history the present and the future and we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we get into God's word but this amazing God—I don't know if you were here last Sunday. Uh, if you didn't get to catch the sermon last week from Evan Miller, I hi- highly encourage you to check it out. It's just a beautiful picture of the gospel in uh, um, what was it—Philippians two, three, and four, five, and six, I think. This this beautiful picture of the humility of Christ and the humility we're to put on it. It's this amazing picture of the sacrifice that Christ made for us. That scripture says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of us not look to our own interests, but also the interests of others. Now that's really cool to say, isn't it? That sounds so spiritual and nice. But how do you do that, right? And Evan gives us the key. He gives us the key on how to do that. And it's the next scriptures. It's this picture of an amazing, gracious, merciful, and powerful, self-sacrificing. Those are two words you don't hear very often together, is it? Powerful and self-sacrificing King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So go check that out because it's amazing, amazing stuff. But do we believe that? I said all that to say this. Do we believe that? When it comes down to to COVID 19, do we believe that? When the rubber really meets the road, when life is hard, and we know it's hard, do we believe that God is who he says he is? That he will never let us down? That he is good? And everything he does is good do we believe it with that belief firmly grasped this is our response to COVID-19 and the mandates and restrictions that we have been given by our governmental authorities the first one is this we were surprised by COVID-19 but God is not in John 6.64 Jesus predicts his betrayal Judas would betray him in Isaiah 42:8 through9, God says, "I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare." Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Jeremiah 1.12, the Lord said, I am watching over my word to perform it. He doesn't just know the future, he performs the future. God doesn't just predict, but he does what he predicts. In Ezekiel 12.25, for I, the Lord, I will speak the word that I will speak and it will be performed. I will speak the word and perform it declares the Lord God is the only being in the universe who is entirely independent needing nothing and no one to sustain him unfettered by time he exists in eternity able to see the past present and future at once he is never surprised or taken off guard by anything that has ever happened or will happen that is the God that we serve number two the authorities before us were put in place by God Oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? I had a hard, t- I had a hard time typing that one. Because you look, <laughs> you, look, you look at the authorities that have been placed before us. Come on now, people. I'm 43 years old, and if you would have told me 20 years ago Donald Trump would be our president, I would have laughed. I mean, honestly, right? Come on. Ronald Reagan years, you look at different things, you know. I, it's, you, I would have been shocked. But Donald Trump is our president. And who placed him there? We did? Who did? God did. God, Donald Trump is God's place president for the United States of America. Daniel answered and said this in Daniel 2.20. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And in Romans 13, it says this, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Did I read that right? Oh yeah, I did, didn't I? That's about as clear as it gets, isn't it? Wow, okay. For there is no authority except from from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Therefore, we, this is number three, willfully submit to the authorities God has placed before us. We willfully submit to the authorities God has placed before us. Now, I had a hard time with this one, too. Because what I wanted to write is, we joyfully submit to the authorities that God has placed before us. You know, I wish that was my heart. That's why I wanted to write that. But you know what? Sometimes obeying God's word isn't easy. And it's not always joyful at first. But as we submit to God's authority, and we lay our will down And look to his will. Like Jesus said in the garden, Father, not my will, but yours be done. As Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, not mine. We willfully and eventually by the power of the Spirit joyfully submit to the authorities God has placed before us because of what? And this is number four. God is our ultimate authority. Because God is our ultimate authority. Therefore, we obey the authorities unless they would command us to sin. Unless they would command us to sin, we fall under the authority that God has put in place. Now, this is all difficult stuff. And I was looking through Scripture to find some type of guidance, some type of of direction that, that maybe God would give us So I was looking for a pandemic throughout the scriptures and different things, and I found something interesting in Matthew 5, verses 38 through 42. Let's pray before we read through this uh, scripture this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we humbly submit to your will. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that lives in us that encourages us and comforts us and convicts us. We, Father, we pray that you would have your way in us for your glory and for your kingdom and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 5, 38 starts out this way. You have heard it that it was said. I, this is one of my favorite parts of Scripture, the this Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gives. And Jesus gives us, we've, I've preached through this before, but Jesus gives us this, long line in this sermon of you have heard it said and he's talking about the law and and what had happened is God's people had looked at the law and they were saying what's the minimum I can do to kind of live up to this law and, and get away with what I can get away with and so they were there's all these different things they had heard and so Jesus goes through this long list he says you've heard it said in the law do not murder and, and he takes it a whole nother level and he says, I tell you, if you're angry, I got a few laughs of that one. about it. anyways, <laughs> he goes, I tell you, if you're even angry with someone, you've murdered them in your heart. You have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look lustfully at a woman, you have committed adultery with her in your heart. You see, Jesus is taking this idea of, oh, what can I, how can I get away with the most things I can get away with and and still trying to live up to the law and be proud of myself. And what he's doing is he says, listen, the law wasn't put here to give you pride. The law was put here to show you, you need me. You need a savior. And he's continuing that line of thought right here powerfully. And he says, you have heard it said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. a tooth for a tooth, making things even. All of these things seem fair, right? But Jesus just flips it upside down. He just throws it out the window. He says turn the other cheek, man. Take take the shot. Just take the shot. If they want your shirt, give them their give, give them your coat too. Lay it down. Lay down your life for these people. Wait a second. That's not fair. What about me? We can even personalize this, right? We have rights. I have rights. (laughs) That's the first thing I want us to realize about Jesus' teaching, and about Jesus' life and how he lived. The first fill-in in in your notes today is this. Obeying God's word means surrendering our rights. Christians in America, we have so oftentimes we can can blend our, our Christian life with our being American, we think we have rights and all these other things, and it, we just we're going to have a different view of that in just a second. Jesus gets right to the heart of a major issue happening under the rule of Rome. God's people wanted to rebel and conquer Rome. They were waiting for a savior. Here's what they were waiting for: they were waiting for a political leader that would raise up the people against Rome and come and conquer Rome and set up shop, and then they could be. God's chosen people ruling the world. But that's not what Jesus, the true Savior, gave them. Jesus brings up servitude, submission, and sacrifice. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I say, turn the other cheek. No wonder they wanted to kill him. He was the exact opposite of what they'd been planning, hoping, and dreaming for. He flipped it all over. Their reality was far from what they had imagined or pictured. They had expectations. They had presumptions about what they were promised or what they thought God was going to give them. They had heard stories of what the good old days were like. God's chosen people shouldn't have to turn the other cheek or go an extra mile for some soldier that wants them to carry his bags. What are we, slaves? In fact, if you call yourself a Christian, that's exactly what we are. We are slaves to Christ. As Evan pointed out last week, in Romans 6, 22, it says it this way, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. You see, we cannot allow ourselves to get caught up in the same trap they did that Jesus is pointing out to them. God is calling us to be his people, share his truth, model his sacrifice and servitude, walk as he did in humility, and in so doing, represent his hope. And the beauty of his life and sacrifice to a people that desperately need it, especially in these times. We've had it easy in the church in America air conditioning and children's church and nice building and no government editing our sermons or our teaching. We don't have to sneak out in the middle of the night to some warehouse somewhere hidden, maybe in a basement to actually meet and do church so that we can avoid execution. Or disappearing in jail somewhere. We've had it easy. Now, I'm not going to lie. This last six months has been extremely concerning. Extremely concerning for every pastor I've met with. And every article I've read. Our government has set up guidelines and restrictions. And church attendance has plummeted. Not just here at Mission View, but everywhere. Everywhere. You know, the Barna Group, this research group, did a study recently that shows one out of three Christians have stopped attending church after the pandemic began. One in three. Now, that being said, we we want to move forward with wisdom and minimize risk. Some may stop coming because of health risks. The elderly, those with weakened immune systems... But let's look at, let's just look at a little bit of the risk. The terrible thing with COVID-19 is that people are dying. It's horrific. There's been outbreaks in different cities, and our hearts go out to them and, and to our community. We want to care for those in our community. And we want to use wisdom. But there's good news too. There's good news. If we actually look at the the mortality rate of what we're seeing in Ohio, there's been some really good things happen. With a population of 11.7 million about and COVID deaths being around 3,400 or so, the mortality rate is 0.0289%. That's two hundredths of a percent. Praise the Lord for that right that we're seeing we're not seeing the millions you know that that they were saying in the beginning so we're thankful for that and and the social distancing and masking has been helpful in those ways now get this though this is kind of wild of of that 52% of the 3400 that have passed away are 80 years or older so more than half of those are 80 years and older another 27% of those are 70 and older The mortality rate for people under 70 years old is 0.0138%. Now, that's really good news. But we are taking precautions, being wise, moving forward, because people are dying. This is why we wear masks. This is why we social distance and... And this is why we, we exit you know, the way they tell us to and go out the doors and, and we try and talk outside, not inside when we do. And I want you to know as your pastor, I am concerned about you. I love you guys. I want us to be healthy and, and safe and wise moving forward. I am concerned, I am really concerned about your physical health. But I am more concerned about your spiritual health. I am more concerned about your spiritual health. I did some more research and I found out this. We are all going to die. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. At some point, we will all die. And I want you to be in a place of spiritual health I want you to be in a great relationship with your Lord and Savior. Pursuing him with all that you are and all that you have. So that someday, you stand before the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the reality we live in. And we can get caught so much in this temporal thing that we forget eternity. There's more at risk here than coronavirus. There is more going on here than COVID-19. Let's look back at verse 41. What Jesus says here is so powerful, so shocking. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. This was a hard one. When they heard him say this, they were offended. I guarantee it. They were offended. You see, back in those times, at any given moment, a, a Roman soldier could come to a Jewish person and, and drop their bags and say, carry these, come with me. The expectation was that they would go a mile. Can you imagine that? Just think about that. You're, you're getting ready to jump in your car, and the mayor of North Canton walks up, not that he would ever do this. <laughs> He's the nicest guy ever. But you know, he comes up to you and he says, hey, I need to go down to uh, Hartville. And do some stuff here. Drive me over there. And you're going, i, I got to be in Canton in 10 minutes. I've got an interview. No, you got to go. How would that make us feel, right? Well, they were doing this in Rome to the Jews all the time. It was horrible. It was horrific. And they, they, they just, it was terrible. I love this uh, TV show, The Chosen. Have you seen this? It's great. I think you can watch it for free. But it really gives you a good picture of how the, the Romans treated the Jewish people. Just, it, was, it was horrible. But Jesus saying... You know, I know the expectation is one mile, but take it two. What? What are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Jesus blows the one mile out of the water, says, carry it two. This would have been uncomfortable, to say the least. Extra time, sweat, energy. And you know what Jesus says? Don't worry about your comfort. I want to point this out, and you can fill this in in notes. It says, obeying God's word is more about our testimony than our comfort. It's more about our testimony than our comfort. You know, it's uncomfortable to come to church in a mask. It's uncomfortable to come to church in the midst of a pandemic. It's uncomfortable to come to church with little ones. It's uncomfortable to come to church in social distance. But God doesn't say in Hebrews 10, do not forgo the gathering of the saints, unless it's uncomfortable. It's not in there. You can go back and check. He says, do not forgo the gathering of the saints. Unless it's risky. No, he doesn't even say that. He says, gather together. Be the church. This is important. This is valuable. This is for your good. Our gathering together is isn't for for no reason at all. God doesn't give us commands for no good reason. We gather together. We have the opportunity to participate in spiritual disciplines that are necessary for our spiritual health and growth. So many things. I've got six for you that we really need to look at. The first one is this, worshiping together. Worshiping together. God intends for his people to gather together and sing songs. Yes, it is all throughout the New Testament, through Paul's letters and the epistles. He says, Sing a new song. He says, Gather together and sing hymns and spiritual songs and all these things. When God commands us to do those things, there's reason for it. As we gather together and sing these songs, the band plays. And the whole reason we have a band is so that we can be unified. The drummer plays a rhythm so that we can stay on rhythm together. The instruments play melody that keep us melodically synced. The singers sing the harmonies that give everyone an opportunity to sing in their range. And then these lyrics that have been crafted to give us a bigger and greater picture, a greater understanding of Scripture, a greater understanding of God, and, and a lot of them are just straight out of Scripture so that we can memorize Scripture better, unifies us as a church in what we believe. And we grow closer to the Lord in doing so. Such a powerful time to to hear brothers and sisters in Christ next to us singing these songs in agreement with one another. We're not alone. Second is hearing of the word. That we would open up the Bible and read it and see the greatness of God. The good news of Jesus Christ. That he's made a way for us to to look into his word. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And as your pastor, I pray every morning, every Sunday morning, well, pretty much every day, that God would show up in our services. Because if the Holy Spirit isn't active in your heart as I'm speaking, all of this is for nothing. All of it's for nothing. Nothing. I can do nothing for you but preach Christ and Him crucified. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit in the things that I say and in the work of your heart that changes lives. We are all fully, 110%, completely dependent upon God being God in our midst right now and every day and every Sunday as we gather together. So as we hear God's word, and we, we look around, we see others nodding, we hear amen, or we hear yes. We gather together in unity. And then Christian fellowship. So we have worship, the hearing of the word, the third one, Christian fellowship. This is huge. This is a huge one. This is the hard one with the social distancing too, right? But this gathering together. And it's not just hanging out and talking about the Browns. It's not just hanging out talking about the Indians or or whatever it may be or the weather. This is Christian fellowship talking about what God is doing in our lives right now. God is active in your life. He is working his will in you right now. And you may not even be aware of it. So oftentimes I've had conversations with believers and friends other pastors and I'll be talking to them I was just out to lunch with Tom Hogshead and uh, Jeff Dayton from the summit this past week and we're sitting across the table talking and we just start I mean it was kind of slow at first but then we started talking about what God was doing you know how COVID's affected our churches but then what God's doing in us through all of that and what we see God doing in our churches and it's just like <laughs> we were talking a million words a minute and it was so encouraging I mean, we were really encouraging one another. That is Christian fellowship. It's not, hey, it's a nice day, 72 degrees, man, wish it was like this every day. What do you think about the Indians, man, 13-0, and 0, just just whacked Cincinnati, that was awesome. That's fun and everything, but when we get into Christian fellowship, we really talk about what God is doing in our lives. Something happens in our spirit. Something happens to our soul. God is changing us and growing us and using these conversations for his glory, God becomes the center of our conversations, not other things. Praying together. Praying together. As we gather together, that's why we, you may come, may be new to Mission View, you're like, man, these people pray all the time. We pray at the opening of the service, we pray in the middle of the service, the pastor prays before he reads this, you know, then they pray at the end of the service, like these people praying all the time. Well, there's a reason for that. One is, at Mission View Church, we know we are desperate for God. (laughs) We really need Jesus. And we want more and more and more of him every, every day. But the other is the word commands us to. The word says pray. Jesus even gives us this this prayer to pray, shows us how to pray. We want to be a praying church. The Bible says that his church will be a house, his people will be a house of prayer. But it unifies us. It gives us opportunity to cry out to the creator of the universe. Prayer puts us in our place and puts God in his. When you come to God and we start out with prayers of thanksgiving and recognitions of the glory of who he is, what he's done, what he's accomplished, and what he will do, we realize who he is and who we are. Giving together. Staying on mission and, and as we give our, we pray over the tithes and offerings and we give those things to the Lord. That sacrifice, that surrender to Him. And lastly, the sacraments or the ordinances. Communion and baptism. That we come together and do what Jesus modeled for us to do. And We do those things in remembrance of Him. The grape juice and the wafer Christ's blood and body broken and shed for the forgiveness of sins so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. As your pastor, I want you to know I love you. and I'm concerned for your physical health, but I'm more concerned about your spiritual health. If we take away These spiritual exercises that serve our souls and give us opportunity for growth, there will be a price to pay. God did not command us to do these things, to gather together and do this for no good reason. Anytime we don't follow his word, there is a price to be paid. He knows what's best for us. So I'm asking you now, those joining us online, Come to church. Gather with the saints. Bring the kids. Let's get loud. Let's be a family together. This is only for a season. Let little Timmy throw his temper tantrum during my sermon. It's okay. I want you to know that I've had three kids. I I still have three kids, but they're not kids anymore. They're all adults. My daughter, Emma, just passed her driver's test. Go, Emma. Little shout out. She had me worried going through the cones, but she didn't. <laughs> no, we, I love kids. We love families here at Mission View Church. I want you to know that if a baby starts crying during my sermon or kids start talking, I'm not offended at all. In fact, I enjoy hearing kids. They're in here hearing God's Word too, and they pick up on so much more than we think they do. But come to church. Let's be a family together. And let's submit to the authorities that God has placed before us. Now I know that's a hard one, but let's submit to the authorities God's placed before us. And here will be my challenge to you. I want you to know this. Jesus submitted to the authorities. And it wasn't a mask. It wasn't social distancing. It was a cross. Jesus went to the cross. At any moment... At any moment, he could have just been like, done. Let's just go back to what we did with Noah, scrap it, and start over. He could have just said the word, and he didn't. And his submission gives me and you and all who would believe eternal life and forgiveness and freedom from sin in the person of Jesus Christ. That's the good news that we were put here to proclaim. And we can model it and live it out for all to see. Now, I would say this too. (laughs) I am concerned about your physical health too. So if you're at high risk and you want to stay home and watch from home, feel free to do that. But if you are well and we are taking these precautions, masking and social distancing, come be a part of the church on Sunday morning and put those six practices active in your lives today. Let's pray together before we sing our last song. Definitely, Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, as as we look and, and see what Jesus calls us to do, God, I pray that we would be a people that turn the other cheek, that we would be a people that don't just give our shirt, but give our coat, that we would be a people that go the extra mile, And in so doing, Father, we pray that our lives, our obedience, would be a testimony to the people around us. God, help us to be an obedient people. Give us wisdom, give us grace, and give us mercy for one another, and for our neighbors, and for our friends, and for our family members. God, I pray right now that you would give us opportunities to share the good news the love of God in the person of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. We surrender our will to yours and we ask for you to use us up for your kingdom, for your glory, and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we sing our closing song today.